Ed, how are you? John, hello. How the hell are you? I'm good, hello, mate. everybody. This is me. Nothing special. <laughs> but I thought because I wanted to keep my an anonymity for as long as possible, and you're still not going to find out my full name, so you'd have to do some proper hunting to find out who I am. And if you're, if you're that diligent, then you're welcome to the information. There you but go. That's just as a treat for treat for the subscribers and the people who keep chasing descent going. So um, with that, a um, little bit of housekeeping troll room. How's the audio? Can you hear both of us on a kind of equal footing? It's hot. Damn hot. Real hot. <laughs> Amy says, Yo, Ed, you're whiter than me. <laughs> I live in Northern Europe. What were you expecting? Some dark-skinned person? Fucking hell. Thank you, Dredd. It's also I the light. Right, what are you drinking this evening, Ed? What do we have? I I am drinking a lovely bottle of Primitivo, yeah, which is uh, a, a birthday present oh. from a an awake friend of mine who I was thinking because he normally gets me a bottle of wine for my birthday, and yeah. he asked me to pop round after work, um, saying that he had a present for me, and. Uh, Turned out to and be you, six bottles you, of wine, so... And you went round with some trepidation, but <laughs> it's something no, okay. Not, <laughs> no, not, not at all. No, because it, it's just, I, I figured he'd, he'd gotten me a bottle of wine, which is really kind of him. Yeah. Um, and he turned up with a box of six. Oh, so, that's I'm, right. that's yeah, I'm winning. Yeah, that's <laughs> That's that's fantastic. Um, how, yeah, how about you, John? What are you drinking? I, I'm, I'm on this Highland Spring. Okay. Having a bit of a Water. detox, Ed. Apparently, Ed, uh, apparently I drank 17 pints on <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's standard for a Scotsman, isn't it? Well, I, th I thought it was barely acceptable. <laughs> I mean, Vaughn went back to, his, back to the B&B &B and went to bed. I ended up going out <laughs> for more drinking fish and chips, um, well, which I, was yeah, lovely. I, I had, I had I had dinner that night, so I came back here and got an hour and a half glorious kip, and then uh, went out for a steak. So, yeah, yeah, right. Um, let's go for it, mate. Cool. You crack on. Right. You just tell me when you need the slides moved, and I'll move the slides. I'm in control of the slides mm -hmm. tonight, people. I've got a task. Um, yeah. Let me. I've just realised I don't have a copy of the slides up oh. for myself. So let me just pull that up so I can just monitor them. And then I'll know which one is which. So, Montauk Project. People have probably heard about this one. The uh, um, TV series, Stranger Things, yeah. was actually originally going to be called Montauk. And so, if you're a fan of that show, then a lot of the stuff in it kind of is on a theme. Um, but the Montauk Project itself refers to a series of top-secret experiments allegedly conducted at Camp Hero Air Force Station in Montauk, New York. And if you pop that first slide up, John, mm. we've got a nice little view of the gigantic radar thingamajoodle. It's called a SAGE, I think. Um, what, that big, um, yeah. the big dash thing? Yeah, there's another slide. Um, we'll come to that one in a minute. Yeah. But it's actually semi-automatic ground environment. That's what oh, it's called. Okay. Um, and it was in the 1970s and 80s that this supposedly happened. The experiments were supposed to have been carried out by the U.S. government. 
with the aim of developing psychological warfare techniques and exotic research, including time travel. Mm -hmm. The origins of the Montauk Project theories can be traced back to the Philadelphia experiment. And if you pop the next slide up... Um, oh, no, Montauk. Let's just go through where it is first. All right. Okay. We'll get to the Philadelphia experiment in a minute. Sorry, I meant to do that and forgot. Um, so, yeah, you can see on slide two, um, the left-hand slide is the overall location. So it's kind of New York sort of area. And the right-hand slide shows you the exact... Now, it's not exactly an island. It's more kind of a peninsula type thing um but it's yeah i mean it's it is very it, it may as well be split from the mainland um one thing to notice is and i've got the bloody arrow in the wrong place but uh, just above that top arrow you'll see something that says plum island plum island now yeah and plum island deserves an entire rabbit hole really in itself. Just, it's yeah. not it's more than just the washed up carcass of what some say were a decomposing raccoon. Uh, well, the the Montauk monster, yeah. um, but that it was washed up on um, on the beach near Camp Hero. Um, but it's right across the the frickin' water from Plum Island, and based on I think I think I remember seeing something that the currents could easily have carried it from Plum Island, right. um, and Plum Island was a. a U.S. government secret research place where they did all sorts of genetic stuff and biolab stuff. Yeah, yeah, God knows what they created there. Yeah. Um. So the Philadelphia experiment um, was an alleged attempt by the U.S. Navy in 1943 to render a destroyer escort invisible to enemy detection. Now, according to some accounts, the experiment went awry and caused the ship to teleport from Philadelphia to New York and back again. And if you go to slide four, yep, you'll see the... Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's the, the distance that we're talking about. So Philadelphia to Norfolk, um, not New York. Norfolk. Was it... Did I put New York? No, you said New York, but you have, oh, you have properly indicated Norfolk. <laughs> so that's a fair hike. Uh, Philadelphia yeah. to Norfolk. And especially, I mean, supposedly teleporting. Um, and many many of the, the, the crew members were supposed to have gone insane or disappeared. Mm -hmm. um, there are also reports that when the ship teleported back, there was people stuck in, like, embedded in the steel. Yeah. Um, and for anyone that's interested, if you go to the next slide, there is a quite an old but still quite a good movie. Uh, called the Philadelphia Experiment, mm -hmm. where you see some of the more gory details done in fairly old special effects. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, the thing about it is, is that in the 1980s, a man named Al Bielik, um actually, USS Eldridge, just go to the next slide, slide six, which is the ship. Yeah. And that was supposed, I chose one with a little bit of funkiness on it to make it a bit more interesting but that, that's the USS El Elridge which is supposedly the ship that was teleported so um, but most of what we know and most of the stories about the Montauk project come from a man called Al Bielik and if you change the name uh, change the slide sorry 
um, who came forward claiming that he had repressed memories of working on the Montauk project. Uh, Bielik said that after the Philadelphia experiment ended in failure, research continued under the auspices of a shadowy government organization called the Phoenix Project. The work was later renamed the Montauk Project and relocated to Camp Hero in order to develop time travel and psychological warfare techniques. Um, so, now so we go. My, right, my understanding of the Eldridge was that they were trying to they were trying to use was it some kind of electromagnetic frequencies or something to try and confuse yeah. radar and and yeah, it, and it has to do a lot with a lot of the Tesla sort of technology, yeah, yeah. Um, electromagnetics, and trying to fold um, because there are theories that you um, instead of going from A to B conventionally. You could fold the space between A and B and then cross that distance almost in instantaneously. Right. And I mean, this is serious science that's been theorized by physicists and other such people that are far more intelligent than me. Um, but Al Bielik is a bit of a... We'll come back to the, the people in a minute because that's kind of where things get a bit interesting in terms of the story. Yeah. Um, but Bielik came forward and claimed he had repressed memories of working on the project. And he said that after the Philadelphia, oh no, I've done that bit. Sorry. He described yeah. a 12, um, a 12 level underground base beneath camp hero containing a massive Tesla coil, which if you go onto the I've next slide, the Tesla a cool, picture of a, cool. Um, that was used to bend uh, time and space. He also claimed that the, that boys were kidnapped and sent through the portal into another dimension. Those who returned purportedly had their minds altered through torture, psychic driving, and other experimental methods intended to fracture their sanity and create detached humans who could be sent out on missions. Ring any bells? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, there's two... This is the thing about Montauk. There's, there's two aspects of it. There's the, the kind of weird science sort of experiments... And then there's the MK Ultra yeah. mind control stuff, um, and yeah, I mean the the people, the the boys who returned had their minds completely altered through um, just essentially was to try and create Manchurian candidate type people. Yeah. Now, according to Bielek, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's been a long, long held of people like the CIA and stuff to try and create perfectly programmed humans that can do do a mission and then not even remember that they've done it mm -hmm. or do a mission and then actually kill themselves afterwards rather than be captured. Yeah. Um, and it's really dark. I mean, some of the experiments they did in the 60s um, with LSD and stuff like that, I mean, there are people that jumped out of freaking windows and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. It's really dark stuff. Um, but according to Bielik, John von Neumann, who's quite a famous mathematician and physicist, mm -hmm. was director of the Montauk Project. And he'd worked on the Manhattan Project as well. Um, Bielik stated that the technology used at Montauk was based on alien equipment that had been given to the US government in exchange for permission to abduct humans for breeding purposes. So there's also alien shit in there. Now, just as a... Side note, I figured that John von Neumann, being quite a famous person, that there, there might be some sort of indication, even even holidaying in like that sort of area, 
or having a house there or something like that. Yeah. But I couldn't find any connections between von Neumann and Camp Hero or Long Island or the Montauk Project. Um, I mean, von Neumann spent his whole career in places like Princeton yeah. um, and advanced military facilities. I mean, like I said, he worked on the Manhattan Project. So he was probably involved in um, some some top secret kind of stuff. And one thing that kind of gives it away a bit is that von Neumann died in 1957, um, which is, and the Montauk Project supposedly took place in the 1960s, according to Bielik and other people. Right. So we, we have a problem that you can't have dead guys <laughs> being director of your project. That's that's, um, that's true. That's true. Um, however, see this guy Bielik, right? Yeah. What's he to the project? Is he? Do we think he's running it or? Well, there's no. This is the thing that it, there's no. There's no evidence of it. There's no evidence that um, the only the only stuff that we know about it. A lot of these stories come from Al Bielik and another guy called Preston Nichols, who we'll come to oh, in a, yeah. a little while. Yep. Um, and Preston Nichols is even, I mean, he's even more vocal about the whole thing and uh, even more dodgy. Well, he's got some really strange stories, though, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there's another guy called Stephen Swerdlow, who, again, I mean, Swerdlow's been on TV quite a lot yeah. um, talking about it. And they've they've got some wacky stories. I mean, they don't have any. There's no evidence. There's no. I mean, there's there there are people that I think I'm not sure if Amy's in the channel, but she's posted some. Yeah, so she's posted some interesting stuff about Montauk. Amy, by the way, I'm not going there. Uh, uh no, <laughs> fuck that. Well, actually, just for the record, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you want me to bring it up at the end, but I was reading something today on it, and I was just going to read out what this guy said about it because he's been there. Um, but, uh, we uh, well, why don't do it now? Right. Okay. So, so what? Uh, well, this is. Um, it was a. Actually, we'll see it here. So, you, I won't, I'm not going to move around because then it'll just screw up the slides. But fellow Long Islanders, he says, go there. I went there two decades ago out of curiosity and was followed the entire time. Many, many areas are restricted with red letter signs, and and maybe Amy can back this up, right? Um, you can't even get close to the buildings with the giant radio dish. The place is absolutely still being run. Their tactic was to call it decommissioned and keep it running, just move it underground. They don't expect people to treat it as a park to camp out. Well, because there is nothing to do there, and you see unmarked SUVs following you. Sounds a bit like Area 51, even if you're yep. just taking photos and adhering to their signs. There are vents everywhere leading underground and bunkers everywhere. There used to be a town there where people lived, abandoned homes that looked like they were built in the 50s. You really can't go anywhere. Just don't be stupid and pass any of the many restricted area. If it was decommissioned, they wouldn't monitor people who visit and close everything off. This guy didn't see alien activity, but I saw a huge, perfectly round circle of dead flat grass surrounded by luscious, luscious green grass. I found that odd and took a photo. Then the SUV showed up, tailgated us with no license plate tag, and I figured it best to head home. I overstayed my welcome, but it was a thrill, and at that time I had no knowledge of the history of this place at all. 
I mean that's that's it's interesting. It's it's nice of the chap to put that into the um the comments section of that video. Um yeah, absolutely. I mean it it's there's little tidbits. It's mm -hmm. it's a really fascinating story because there are and, um, and Amy Amy does say it's like Area fifty one you can't get in. She's yeah, uh, and I, I believe she's been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she's, she said she had on uh, mm -hmm. on Twitter. Now, one of the things that supposedly in this um, alleged underground facility no, is something still, called the... Sorry, I'm still on the slide of Dr. John von Neumann. Uh, I know, that's fine. Right, um, okay, cool. Yeah, no, let's stick with von Neumann yep. at the moment. Uh, actually, no, go to the next one, because yep. the, the SAGE, the sage yep. radar equipment yep. is... is they, they, they sort of... They reckon that it, it kind of... Because supposedly there's this Montauk chair yes. that the, the Montauk boys who have had their minds altered are able to sit in. And supposedly the reason that they had the Montauk, they were looking for these Montauk boys is that they were trying to find kids that they could, that were somehow sensitive to this chair. Um, and supposedly it had electronic and crystalline components that allowed operators to manifest objects manipulate the minds of subjects and bend time. Um, Preston Nichols, uh, yeah, just go on to the next slide, because so, that's so nice this, this sounds like um, This sounds like a conglomeration of stuff between, like, Stargate. Do you remember the chair they found under the Antarctic and in the yep. Stargate series? And, and, and you know... Uh, oh, the chair God. that controlled the alien weapons platform. And, and, and the movie Doom? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with the... Uh, the jump, the jump site to Mars. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, there, there are chairs that there are chairs that, that feature in sci-fi mm -hmm. of of different descriptions. Um. Now, Preston Nichols, who, if you pop the next slide open, so you'll see a got, picture of. We've got a picture of eleven at the moment, an MK Ultra. Ah, uh, yeah. Now we want twelve. Yeah. Pop, so, pop yes, Preston open. Nichols, we've got him. He's, now, he's, he's yeah. in good shape as I said. <laughs> 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 Although he's much less creepy, he's much more creepy looking than both of us oh, put together. Oh, definitely, definitely, mate. Um, and he's he's an odd character because um, similarly to Al Bielik, he's one of the main people that claims to have been a part of this Montauk project. Mm -hmm. Um but he's also, I mean, he claimed to have recovered repressed memories about working as an engineer on the project. And he said that the chair essentially amplified psychic powers in order to alter reality. Now, according to theories, uh, children were kidnapped, subject to torture in order to intentionally fracture their minds and create multiple personalities that could be manipulated. Survivors and mind control victims known as Montauk Boys began coming forward in the late 1980s with allegations of abuse. Um, Stuart Sferdlow, who's on slide 13, claims to be one such Montauk boy who had his mind shattered through trauma-based experiments before being recruited to operate the Montauk chair. Sferdlow says he was able to manifest objects, manipulate time, and alter the minds of the people in the Montauk facility. Other Montauk boys include Duncan Cameron and Andy Pirro, um, both of whom told similar stories of kidnap trauma, mind control, psychic abilities unleashed by the experiments um now who, preston nichols if you just pop him yeah. back so yeah who, go was on the, then. who was the guy who claimed his father worked there 
Was that one of I, these guys? I think it is, but I'm not sure which one. I think it who um, was the guy that was on Coast to Coast? Was that Preston Nichols? You know, the art It was either thing? him or I think it was either him or Stuart Sferdlow. Yeah. But there's another guy called Duncan Cameron, who's also there's because there's about there's there's three or four of these um these guys that have supposedly yeah. been um and Preston Nichols also claimed to be able to deprogram them. Right. So it's oh, yeah, but bizarre. Deprogramming was a bit dodgy, was it not? Well, yeah, because the de deprogramming involved the the person who's being deprogrammed um, being in some sort of aroused state, and then Preston Nichols had to touch them in a certain way. Um, and the people, the boys who went through this, or the young men who went through this, um, the reports are that they always came out of the whole thing with a very odd expression on their faces. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you just, uh, I, I, I kind of, oh my god, I, I know, I, 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 I sort of hightailed it out of the freaking rabbit hole. At that it's point. like, put a toilet roll in the fridge, please. <laughs> it, it's. Honestly, it's craziness. Um, now, it's there. There are many, many reasons to doubt. Because, despite, um, I'm not saying that there isn't potentially an underground base there. Yeah. Because actually, as a location, it makes quite a lot of sense because it's quite um, uh, secluded. But it's and and there's clearly still something going on there because if there wasn't, then. They they wouldn't be investing in all of the security yeah. and yeah. things like that. Um, but there's there's no really compelling evidence. But that's I mean, if there was evidence, I wouldn't be surprised if said evidence ended up. It's right there in your face as well. You know, it's right mm -hmm. there. I mean, that's a Hamptons Hamptons just across the water, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So it's and it. I mean, it's an area full of rich people. Yeah. So, who knows what kind of um, do. rich people tend to keep themselves to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, according to the the military, Camp Hero was officially shut down as a military installation in 1969. Yeah. Um, which was before the Montauk project supposedly even began. Um, there are also no records that support the, the key plot points mentioned by Bielik, Nichols, and Cameron along with others. The source of nearly all the Montauk Project allegations can be traced back to three individuals, Preston Nichols, Al Bielik, and Stuart Svedlow, um, all of whom claim to have recovered repressed memories about their involvement. But repressed memory therapy has been called into question and is not generally accepted within mainstream psychology. Um, there are also lots of... There are also lots of horror stories about repressed memories where yeah. um, hypnotherapists have led their, their client and mm -hmm. the client has then remembered abuse and those mm -hmm. that abuse then people get prosecuted and it's kind of ruined lives as well yeah. and I'm not saying there isn't there and isn't it, some validity to it. Well, in some cases it turns out the abuse never happened. Absolutely and yeah. it's it's one of those things that the the person doing the hypnosis has to be the right sort of person, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, that they they 
I think I think the problem with memory Ed is that it is so fallible, and we all we yeah. we all tend to remember things the way we want to remember things, and you know people yeah, people do. can easily convince themselves that something did happen to them or didn't happen to them, you know, and you'd be surprised how how convinced they are, and even when you show them evidence that that's not what happened, you know, you this actually did happen to you or it didn't happen to you. You know they, they 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 can't. You know the the cognitive dissonance is too strong because they've they've really brainwashed yeah. themselves. Yeah, it's like you brain you get brainwashed into believing that something that hap- that didn't happen to you actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's very difficult to tell. This is this is one of the things about Montauk that I find really fascinating because um, th- there's also so little of it. I mean, there's a there's a few of these Montauk boys. It sounds like it was a really big project and there was a lot more than four of these montauk boys so you would think that um other people might have come forward especially with um preston nichols and stuart swedlo and stuff being so vocal about it because i mean they've been on tv and they've been on some of these um mainstream rabbit hole shows the Mm. the inferior ones um and you'd think that someone else would come forward um but they haven't um and i mean critics of the um repressed memory therapy argue that the so-called repressed memories are often nothing more than fantasies or false memories unintentionally planted by therapists yeah um as an example preston nichols suddenly recalled his suppressed montauk memories after visiting a hypnotherapist in the late 1980s Felix similarly remembered his role in the project after emerging from decades of substance abuse and hazy memories in 1988. <laughs> well, the that veracity... might just have been part of the project. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's it's not these. We're not talking about massively stable individuals here. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, and it was obviously, 60s, I mean, man. if you've been put through, <laughs> it was exactly, the 60s. And, uh, Precisely. And I mean, if you had been put through those sorts of experiments when you're really young, then that is going to have all kinds of um, side effects and and repercussions. Um, But I mean, Bielik also remembered his role in the project. No, hang on. Next bit. Um, Yeah, it's you just can't, especially if the person is coming off substance abuse. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you, you can have all sorts of things, hallucinations, um, paranoid delusions. Yeah. D- depending on the substance and, and the, the amount of time you've been addicted to it, um, coming off it can, can cause all kinds of mental issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, it's actually, we're getting through this quicker than I'd planned because we're not that far away from... Yeah, uh, we've got a little bit to go. Um, so Preston Nichols was. Could you pop his slide, slide number twelve, back up for me? Yeah, of course I can. Of um, course I can. Because he was one that I kind of focused on a bit, mainly because I thought his pictures were super creepy. I, I couldn't find a single non-creepy picture of the guy. There's mm-hmm. just something about about his face that I, I don't know. I, What's all the? Is there any mention of all the equipment in the background? No, I've I've tried to, 
uh, I, I mean, I tried to identify them, but the, the pictures, trying to find pictures of, of for a presentation on the Montauk project is really quite difficult. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of it is TV stills and pictures of Camp Hero and stuff like that. There's nothing. I mean, there's a few pictures of the underground bunkers. Um, I'm not sure if I put, no, I didn't. They're not very good because they could be anywhere. This yeah. mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's kind of thin on the ground. Um, yeah. Now let's look at Preston Nichols for a minute. Um, he claimed to have helped deprogram Montauk boys like Stuart Svedlow who was supposedly part of the Montauk Project experiments, mm-hmm. but there's no evidence Nichols had any psych- psychological credentials or experienced with dealing with deprogramming techniques. Right. Um, accounts of how he supposedly deprogrammed Sverdler are very vague and questionable. The process apparently involved recalling repressed memories, which, as noted earlier, is highly controversial and unreliable. Um, Nichols was associated for a time with uh, the Psychic Investigations Organization, um, and they, they conduct paranormal research and ghost hunting and that kind of thing. And well, not ghost hunting, but um, looking for mediums and um, remote viewers and people like that. Yeah. Um, but there are, there are also people who accuse the group of promoting dubious theories. Now, one person's dubious theory is another person's good idea so one has to take a lot of the debunking with as much salt as the um as the actual theories but you've got to cover all of the bases um now several montal boys like Sverdler and duncan cameron actually distanced themselves from nichols uh-huh. um and raised questions about his some of the things that he was claiming and um some of the methods that he used yeah. Um, there's no documented evidence of the Montour boys themselves prior to when Nichols and others began making claims about them. There's no missing child, child children cases or legal investigations or police reports or anything like that that match the um, the allegations and, and the sort of period, time periods where these these boy, these guys would have been of, of an age to be kidnapped and in the sort of area and stuff. There's just... There's nothing there. There's, um, which you would think that if there was a big um, project that was picking children up and trying to use them for this project, that I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. somehow maybe there would be more of them. I mean, obviously children go missing, but uh, back in the 70s and 80s, I'm not sure that, that was, it was quite well, at epidemic uh, levels as it is now. So, so I remember... Uh, I, I remember... Um listening to the the coast to coast stuff and there was it was quite mental because uh, and i'm just touching on some of uh what's his name preston nichols book here right and uh, it's a bit it's a bit extreme but we've got things like you know the experiments began in earnest in the in the early 70s and during this time somewhere all the following are claimed to have occurred at the site um Homeless people were abducted and subjected to huge amounts of electromagnetic radiation. Few survived. People had their psychic abilities enhanced to the point where they could materialise objects out of thin air. Stuart Swerdlow claims to have been involved in this. Um, he says his psionic abilities were boosted at the, uh, the cost of emotional stability. 
And then experiments were conducted in teleportation. And the one that got me was that one of them had claimed that he claimed that his dad worked at the project and his dad took him along as a subject and trained him I up. Remember, on it. Right? I, I just can't remember the name of the person because I think it is one of the ones that we've mentioned, like yeah. maybe Duncan Cameron or someone like that. Yeah. And and he, I remember he, he said he went back and the, there was a group of them, there was three or four of them, he said. And what they used to do is they used to go back in time to specific events to try and influence things and one of them was like um, the signing of the document the 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 what was at the end of the civil war or something you know when abraham lincoln was there and all that and and he said at one point he was there and he saw himself right? because he'd been sent back that many times that he was starting to trip over himself and then he was then then they had things like to come back, though, it didn't rely on the sending station to send you back. You had to be brought back by some kind of device that they had. And some of the boys lost it, and so they're stuck in time. And in the 1800s or, or, or whatever it was, right? And then he said one time it went wrong for him and instead of going back to Montauk, he came out in Arizona in the middle of the desert, right? And he said he, they wandered, there was three of them, and they wandered about for like three days before they got picked up and taken to the nearest military base where they were then flown back to Montauk. I mean, this guy has some stories, I'll tell you, and it, it, it just sounds crazy. And then, of course... He goes on about the jump chair when they went to Mars. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't cover that. It was too um, esoteric for too you out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I also couldn't. I couldn't find. I couldn't find stuff. Any anything that that actually made a huge amount of sense to me. Yeah, to be perfectly honest, I mean, it, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in the Montour project um and you you kind of have to pick and choose a little bit yeah but the the, the mars stuff yeah because i've watched a couple of the videos with steven sverto that you can find online oh. and um yeah it, it, it's it's almost i don't know it, well, it just it, it had a it had a ring of yeah. um well, Somehow I mean, he, I had a ring of BS about it. He, let, let me read this part out and tell me if you think it sounds like something that we may have watched on TV recently, right? A portal in time was created which allowed researchers to travel anywhere in time or space. This was developed into a stable time tunnel. Contact was made with alien extraterrestrials through the time tunnel and technology was exchanged with them which enhanced the project and allowed broader access to hyperspace. Right? An alien monster travelled through the time tunnel, destroyed equipment, and devoured researchers. The tunnel was shut down and the creature destroyed. What is that? So that's the plot of Stranger Things. Well, there's exactly. A bit, I mean, there's, there was another story where the, when they were using the chair, yeah. Um, that one of the boys opened um, some kind of portal and let some sort of demon monster type thing through. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and uh, i mean there's there's people that have been onto the base i don't know when um and supposedly been down one level which you can get into from the main structure and seen scratches on the walls and alleging that it looks like people literally just ran really quickly um but again it, it's yeah it's all hearsay who knows? There's, there's nothing to back exactly it up. but, but I, I, that's the problem with many of these rabbit holes because they are all hearsay you know many of them you, you, you never get to to a, a, an end point because it's usually on the word of one person and either that person's also, disappeared or dead you by this point yeah I mean, it's also what what makes it interesting because mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm not. Um, sometimes the journey is the whole point, and once you get to the destination, you're just looking for another journey again. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's the actual the process of of finding out. But some of the rabbit holes have they just make more logical sense, like the JFK assassination, yeah. like yeah. Um, the Diana assassination yeah, like faking the moon um, landing faking the moon landings there, there's i mean even even faking the moon landings there's uh, one of the guys that we covered on that that um bart sabrell mm-hmm. who was the, the yeah. guy that he's a filmmaker that was punched in the face yeah. by buzz aldrin um and he he's one of those characters that he doesn't do himself a lot of favors in terms of his style of delivery no he doesn't um abrasive but at the, <laughs> Exactly, but there's there's so many different aspects of that, which once you put them all together, you you come away with the ins- inescapable conclusion that something's not right. And if something's not right, it means it didn't happen the way we're told it happened. Yeah. Um, with Montauk, it's much more difficult because the characters involved, particularly Preston Nichols. I mean, Stuart Sverdlow, he comes across as someone that believes his own BS somehow. Yeah. Um, whereas Preston Nichols comes across as genuinely creepy and, and, and not the sort of person that I would, I would want to have yeah. looking after children. But you know what? Yeah. I, I, and a hundred percent behind you, but if you've, if you've been abused as a child, right, which these guys are claiming to have been, you know, and, and let's, let's just say, it's not beyond the bounds of possibility for your own government to have experimented on its own citizens, because we have, we have yeah, proven exactly. proven that on a number of occasions. Um, for instance, That's like the doubt. you know, like the underground uh, chemical trials and spreading Tuskegee stuff. Tuskegee experiment. You know, yeah, these are these and yeah, the Tuskegee experiment. So these are all proven proven and it's not beyond possibility that he could be severely damaged goods you know from that point of view exactly yeah precisely i mean it, it's it could be true it couldn't it, it could not be true i mean I, I i i do try and maintain a healthy dose of skepticism when i do these and yeah try to do try and look at it from both sides and in some cases like the jfk assassination you just look at the other side and you just think, no, it's all bullshit. Sorry, yeah. you're just telling you're telling us lies. This is nonsense. Whereas with Montauk, it's much more difficult in a way that that's actually what I think maybe one of the reasons that the Montauk project is so interesting is because it does throw up those kinds of questions because it's not 
um i mean even the diane assassination or, or seven mm. seven when we did that one um you've got things like cctv cameras not working and all this kind of thing and, and there's a whole trail of breadcrumbs that inevitably leads you to the conclusion that the official story is nonsense yeah yeah um but with this one i mean we've got people claiming psychic powers time manipulation um the philadelphia the, experiment there's a bit of the old men who stayed at goats in this as well isn't there yeah i mean there's there's so many it's what you said a little while ago about it like like it's when we were talking about the chair Mm-hmm. Where it's it it's almost like it's a plot from some Sci-fi TV movie. series, yeah, yeah, or a a combination of different ones, yeah. Um, but then you could also say, well, maybe the sci-fi movies got their ideas well, from some of these stories. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I mean, how much, how much of I mean, you look at the sci-fi movies and you see things like you know they were talking about stealth aircraft and things like that well before we got to know that stealth aircraft existed. You know, so absolutely, and I mean, I mean, do look at I mean, you, Arthur Clarke. He he supposed to have dreamed up the idea of satellites, and suspiciously, like three years later, we had our first satellite. You know, and then we've got the the Black Knight satellite. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, I have heard of that. Just as a little tangent, mm-hmm. um, oh, we covered that in our UFO one, didn't we? Yeah, we we kind of um, touched on it. I mean, and that's a complete unknown as well. I mean, does it exist or absolutely. doesn't it? It's like well, there's pictures of it. Yeah, right. I mean that was that was because uh, I did. Uh, if you if you do a a Google search on Google Images for Black Knight satellite, you'll yeah. you'll come up with some very odd looking black shapes supposedly in space. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's it's NASA. Never a straight answer. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but I mean, yeah, going back to Montauk, yeah. there's it, it's. It's just too too many. Um, There's too few people telling too many stories that are impossible to prove, mm-hmm. um, and just seem really far fetched. So, um, and I'm so the litmus test gone. always. I always tend to try and apply to these things as who benefits. Who benefits from these stories, right? So if well the, if, people, the people claiming that it happened to them, if they're benefiting from it, then yeah, it's more than likely that it's maybe a lot of BS. But well, secondly, that's the thing. but secondly, if there was a project ongoing, does it benefit the project for them who look like this, right, <laughs> to be out there purporting these wild stories? It's a bit like um, it's a bit like Project Blue Book, you know, and mm. you know they're seeing they're seeing highly developed aircraft that we've got on a secret list, and we'll just say, yeah, that's a UFO, mm. you know. Absolutely, I mean, it, it's you don't know where these stories have come from. I mean, going back to what you're saying about Quibono, um, yeah, all of these guys, Bielik, Nichols. They've all made money. I mean, Preston yeah. Nichols has only had online shops and they've sold books and they give speeches to um, like psychic conferences and yeah, all that kind of thing. So they've, they've definitely had a, a financial interest in the whole thing. 
I mean, as far as I just, I, I struggle with them. Yeah. I, I really do because when when you re when you research these rabbit holes, you you watch videos of people and and you listen to what they say, and I you, over time you develop. Um, I call them my conspiracy hairs. I have these little hairs on the back of my neck that. Mm -hmm start tingling when when there's a conspiracy when I, whenever i'm near a conspiracy theory or if i if i watch something on the news that sometimes that it, it's just like a spidey sense or something like that and it's just like nope there's something and, and i had that with yeah with what happened a few years ago i had it with 9 11 i had it when diana was um killed it, it's and i don't get that with 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 these guys from montauk i mean the project itself the fact that yes, there's Camp Hero. Yes, they've got a giant radar dome. I wouldn't be surprised if there's underground tunnels, mm -hmm. um, because that's one of the things that the military also do. Um, but there are also other reasons why one might build up an underground facility. But there's no proof. Uh, but then again, there's no proof that it didn't happen. And there's a lot of people that have been around that area. And swear down that there's something going on. Yeah, um, yeah. And so you and you can't you can't discount that at all. And I mean, there's there's loads. There's actually quite a lot of stories of people, not necessarily who've been actually into Camp Hero, but are just curious and have gone to that area just to to have a look around. Um, and their stories are actually fairly consistent about being followed around and yeah. being left under no illusions that you should not go in there because bad things will happen um but there's all sorts of reasons that the military might do that as well um and i mean there are definitely if for example preston nichols he was actually a science fiction author um and the stories that he wrote had very similar th themes <clears throat> to what he claiming he ended up claiming were actual memories yeah yeah so he's, um, got, he's got books on amazon he's got the montauk project experiments in time montauk revisited adventures in synchronicity the music of time book five in the montauk series right? <laughs> Pyra pyramids of montauk explorations and consciousness yeah. encounter yeah. in the pleiades and inside look at UFOs, book four of the Montauk series. Yeah. So the and so, we have the, the Montauk series, the Kindle edition. Um and I mean Bielek, our Bielek is is not credible either. I mean, he's made varying claims about his age, his birthplace, his education, employment yeah. history. Um and he's just <laughs> If someone is making up lots of stories about who they are and what they've done, um, to me that that's instant credibility loss. And then yeah. if you're also making money from it, um, that just it, sorry, that one just adds the the air, the air of a con man yeah. to it. Um, and then Sverdlo, who's also been accused of embellishing his credentials um and doing a lot of what the other ones did which is blend a lot of science fiction with theories and i mean this is also 
the, the 70s and the 80s, it, it's, it, it's almost the dawn of, of proper science fiction. I mean, we had Star Wars, we had Star Trek, we had yeah. um, E.T., we had, it, it's, it, there, there was so much sci-fi back then. There was. Um, there was. That, that it was, was very much part of the zeitgeist. And there was so many other, um, shall we say, um, what would you call them? What would you call them? I don't want to use the D word. You know, um, there was just um, <laughs> things that maybe enhanced people's cognition <laughs> or lack of it. Uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, but who knows? It, and it, I mean, that could be legal ones, illegal ones, too, too many mushrooms, yeah. too, too much, too much acid. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I've, I, I've seen people do all sorts of crazy shit when they're on drugs before. Um, but it's also, I mean, part of the issue that I've got is actually into some of the science as well. Yeah. Um, and there's glaring technical inaccuracies um, regarding supposedly the time travel and mind manipulation technology described by the Montauk Project witnesses. The technical details are often nonsensical, completely unworkable, according to scientists and engineers. Um, yeah. And get this, right. there was oh, okay. actually... But until they've actually done time travel, I can't really... I can't understand how they can say that's unworkable because, let's face it. Well, it's I mean, like with... It, if I, I was on the show last night and I did a little bit on physics. Physics is falling apart because they've now got to the point where theoretical physicists are just making shit up and now particle physicists are making shit up to, to, you know, to fit their theories. So real science is, is falling apart. I mean, even well, Mishu Kaku yeah. says that the cosmology is off by like a, a figure of ten to the hundred and twentieth power because the, the 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 gap between their understanding and what actually is going on is so disparate that they just don't have a clue. This is the problem. Yeah. Well, and and it's the same with things like genetics as well. It's one of the one of the reasons why some of the um, experiments that are happening. Um, around all sorts of different things in in things like genetics, um, I find those really quite frightening because you can't mess with things that you don't understand, and you absolutely can't mess with chaotic systems. Um, and it's it's chaos theory. There's a, a branch of mathematics called chaos theory yeah. that involves fractal geometry, things like that. And one of the things about chaotic systems are Think of chaotic system as um, the way that water drips out of a tap. Yep. If you hold a spoon under that drip, the drip is going it, to, it's, you can't predict mathematically which way the water is going to end up yeah. rolling off the spoon because there's too many variables to take into account because it's mm -hmm. a chaotic system. Same with the weather is another chaotic yeah. system. Yeah. And they're, they're, inherently unpredictable they're inherently uncontrollable and when an arrogant human comes along and says oh i understand this when they really don't and starts mucking around with it like putting shit um, in the air to try and change yeah. things oh yeah absolutely <laughs> dumping dumping masses of radioactive whatever in the freaking pacific ocean oh no it's fine it's That'd been be fact-checked it's perfectly safe no yeah. 
10 years later, Godzilla comes out of the bloody ocean and flattens Tokyo. Yeah. Which actually would be kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, maybe not Tokyo. They could do yeah. Washington. Yeah. Um, but, but it's... Yeah. No, I, and, humans are incredibly arrogant. You're right. We really are. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the... Um, and here, uh, going back to Montauk, get this. The USS Eldridge, there's no evidence that it was ever at Philadelphia Naval Yard. No, I don't think I don't think there is. Um, and I mean, it's a real ship, but there's absolutely no no evidence that it was ever at Philadelphia. Yeah. And there's absolutely no evidence that it was equipped with any kind of cloaking technology or I think any kind of I secret military they, thing. They, they're not painted. <laughs> not funny. <laughs> um, well, I, I, to be honest, I think that's even in the days before the stealth coatings. I mean, yeah. because the those. And also, those coatings are highly toxic. But I'm not sure, off the top of my head, when they were developed. I mean, I imagine it's probably a lot earlier yeah. than we're told. Yeah, probably. Well, um, but I only does, remember. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I first remember hearing the word stealth technology back in the early '90s of the first invasion invasion of Iraq. Yeah. Um, when I was still at school and completely totally not awake at all and i just found that the 24-hour cut cnn coverage absolutely fascinating i was i was completely glued to the television for a couple of weeks watching this yeah this whole thing unfold and it was almost like science fiction meets warfare and this is actually in the days that i i still believed that america was the the shining city on the hill and kind of was the good guys and that there were such things as good guys and bad guys and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it's so, yeah, I mean, stealth, that was late nineties. So if you think they'd maybe been developing, developing that sort of tech since, I don't know, seventies, eighties, yeah, well, maybe look at the SR 71. When was that built? That was late sixties, early seventies. They started coming but up. Was that, did, did that have stealth coating? No, but it could go... Well, yeah, it kind of did. Or, well, it was radar-absorbing paint, yeah, effectively. and it could really and then, shift. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the, but it's also... The thing about the SR-71 is that it's actually a really good-looking plane as well. Yeah, it, you, you look at it and you just think, that is freaking fast. It looks like <laughs> something that Batman would have in his lair, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, you never know. It's probably the, the guy who designed it is probably a bit of a Batman fan. Yeah. Um, I mean, going back to Montauk again, mm -hmm. so we've got no, we've got all sorts of inaccuracies and stuff in the science. We've got yeah. no evidence that the ship that they said was in Philadelphia was ever in Philadelphia. Um, the camp has been investigated, supposedly, and found to contain no underground tunnels or secret chambers. But I've also seen footage of lots of what looked like grates or manholes or whatever yeah. Yeah. dotted around the area. So that's not to say that there is no evidence at all. Yeah, I think um, I th the, the only thing that, that, f that leans me towards something going on there is the, the level of security. Pardon me. It just seems to be so high. Well, that raises questions for sure. Um, I mean, officially, 
1992, the state of New York appropriated funds to Camp Hero for preservation and development after finding the abandoned military base contained no hidden or secret areas. But then pre preservation and development it didn't, doesn't, doesn't look predict particularly preserved and developed. It looks like it's just a, a, a ramshackle falling to pieces military base. But then why have all the security? I mean, it's if you think about it, that particular area, it's like you said, it's not that far away from the Hamptons. You you would think that um, if you have this... Exactly. I mean, you, you've got rich people from New York could build multi-million dollar houses there. Yeah. Um, and, and take the kids there for the summer and stuff. So... That's actually, I hadn't thought of that before, um, which when you add to the security, it does suggest that there is something happening there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. So, But maybe, I don't know, maybe it's an underground facility. They've just decided to store a bunch of documents or something like that. It could be, it could be literally anything, but be, it's it also the thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the, the thing with Montauk Project is it's it's also almost classic X Files, and yeah. I mean I'm a a huge fan of the X Files. I was in the nineties, I loved them, and I still I still am. Um, and oh, if you if you've seen the the remastered um, 1080p uh, upscaled version of the X Files, it's, it's actually one of the best yeah. that they did of the old series. It's really really good. Oh, have a look. Um, especially if you watch it on a big 4K TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other tip is to, if you go on to a search engine and you search for um, IMDb playlist of X-Files alien story arc, um, you'll get a really handy-dandy list of the episodes that comprise the, the most interesting part of the series. Cool. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, Montauk, so it combines paranoia, mind so control we, experiments. Do we want to look at the little doggy? Oh yeah, there we go. The Montauk monster. Now, that's an actual picture of yeah. a creature that washed up on the beach at Montauk. Um, I put Plum Island question mark in there mm -hmm. because, it, as as I mentioned at the start of the show, there is... Uh, there is geographical proximity between Plum Island and Montauk. So, right, is that so, some? Is it a? So what is it? Well, it looks like it's kind of got a beak almost. Yeah. I mean, there's an artist. I, I if you look at slide fifteen, yeah. there's a an artist's kind of recreation of what it might have looked like. Um, and it's. My first thought is someone's tried to cross a chicken and a pig or a dog or something. Adam says it could be a badger. He says, yeah, I've seen decomposed ones that look a bit like... Right, so, but the problem could I've be. got, the problem I've got, Adam, right, and when we look at this, is it's not that decomposed, okay? It doesn't have any hair on it, but it's not that decomposed, Right. And the other question that one has to ask oneself, if it's been in the water so long, why has nothing else eaten it? Well, because you know what? You put, you put stuff in the water and fish eat it. Yep. Yeah. So why yeah. has nothing eaten it? It's not, I mean, it, it, it doesn't even look like anything's had a nibble. 
Exactly, it looks fairly pristine. So I can understand the and hair disappearing, right? But I, I, I don't understand why nothing's had a go at it. It's even agreed. It even appears to still have eyes, which are the first things to go. And why is it not covered in flies? Yeah. Uh, well, that's another good question because even if if something like that washed up on the beach, if it was a fish, I mean, you only have to see. Um, I don't know, roadkill. There's always covered in flies and insects because yeah. that's Mother Nature's way of exactly. breaking the thing down. Yeah, Mother Nature's um, recyclables. It, yeah, and, and look Mother at Nature the, didn't want to root. Yeah, look at this tail, Adam. That's not a badger tail. That's quite a long tail, quite a long, thick tail. I don't think badgers have got that big a tail, do they? No, and they also, badgers don't, their um, legs aren't quite as long. No. Um, and they're also they're uh, they just I don't know uh, what the badger looks like once you take all the the fur off, but that just it, they they don't have beak like I mean they've got kind of a a more sort of caniney type snout. Well, badgers I mean, in the badgers in the bear family, isn't it? It's the same as a dog. That's, yeah, they're all in that same kind of can canids or whatever you call them or canids. Absolutely. Yeah. But as as you pointed out, John, the the fact that this thing's not been munched on at all, mm -hmm. yeah, um, and and it hasn't, it, it's it's bizarre. It does absolutely look bizarre. bizarre. I'll give you that. It does but look bizarre. It, it, there's nothing that's there's nothing about Montauk that isn't bizarre. Indeed. I mean, the the, the stories the stories are bizarre. Some of the people involved are bizarre. Um, it's. I mean, it, it's fascinating. Um, it let me just have a quick look, because Amy posted a bunch of stuff. I don't know, because I'm pretty much at the end of my presentation. So yeah. I don't know if anyone who's listening has got anything to add, anything I got wrong. Any questions? Um, Amy any questions? She's probably had another goat emergency. Um, cause, I mean, it's absolutely fascinating rabbit hole. It really is, um, and I I thoroughly enjoyed researching it. It's just yeah. one that you really you really have to have your your head screwed on properly when you when you're researching it because it's very some of these guys like particularly Stephen Sverdlow, um, he's a really good storyteller. Yeah, and and he's I mean, it doesn't necessarily he he, he sort of carries you along with the narrative. Um, and if you're not being sceptical and you're kind of looking at what he's saying from multiple directions, um, it's very easy to get sucked down um, uh, the rabbit hole and, and end up actually buying into too much of this stuff where you just need to keep, whenever, whenever you're exploring rabbit holes, you have to stay agnostic and you have to stay yeah, yeah. skeptical to a certain extent and you, you can get to a yeah absolutely you have to stay grounded and you, you you can get to a point with something say for example where i'm at with jfk mm -hmm. where i don't just um think that the official story is nonsense i think that anyone who still believes the official story is a huge part of the problem that we've got in this world today 
Um, and I know that I, but there are still people who do because I've had conversations with them in the past. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just that blank. I mean, I'm sure, especially after the last three years that everyone listening to this must know what I'm talking about, where yeah. you're talking to someone, you're talking to a, a normie for lack of a better word. And you're, you're trying to kind of push them down the fucking rabbit hole. And, and this, this, this blank wall goes up and, and they start. It's really weird because you can feel this energetic disconnection almost. It, it's like um, if you think of things in terms of energy and we're all beings of energy rather than mm -hmm. matter because matter is just energy. Yeah. slowed down to a slower vibration but you get an energetic connection with people and sometimes it's a good one sometimes you're really drawn to them and sometimes you're really repelled by them mm -hmm. but that blankness where it's almost like a switch goes off and that person is is not, just not engaging with yeah. you anymore you can see it's that that expression the lights are on but nobody's home yeah so a couple of questions from the chat. One, uh, Julie, sure. Julie says, any good documentaries on this, Ed? Oh, and you particularly um, recommend? Yes, there is one that I recommend, which is um, a YouTube channel. Let me link it. I'll, I'll link it to you on Twitter. Okay. Because this is also for rabbit hole explorers. Um, mm. This is an absolutely fabulous channel. Um, AJ does. Rabbit hole explorers. That's a nice idea. I like that. I've been down its rabbit hole. <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> now you could walk about Brighton where I'm not, could you? <laughs> you just you always have to go there, don't you? Yeah, of course. Oh I do. my of course I do. word! Uh, I tell you what, audience, for those of you who've never been out drinking with this Scotsman, you should do it. But just just make sure that you've got a decent alcohol tolerance. <laughs> Um, but it, it's we, I mean, we did have a lot of fun yeah, at the done, weekend, but that's done. not the sort of thing I could do every week. No, not anymore. No, no, definitely not. So when, and, and the other question was, uh, when is your birthday? My birthday is on Sunday. Sunday, coming up. Yeah. So there you go. Yes, I should, be, I, I should be hitting the, the half century. Boom. Which, uh, yeah, it, it's, I, I was, uh, my 40th was not, a good birthday at all because I split up with well the night before my 40th, 40th birthday I found out that my um, ex that my girlfriend was cheating on me nice. and I booted her out of the flat the night um, before your bit, 40th birthday yeah it was literally at about quarter to midnight and we'd had a we'd had a massive row um, and I'd stormed off into the bedroom just to do what you have to do when you're having a massive row sometimes with someone where particularly if you're a bloke you can get to a point where you're angry enough that something stupid might happen if you're not in control, and, yeah. and you just you have to leave the situation yeah. rather than... You remove um, yourself from the situation. You, precisely. And I was sitting in the bedroom, and I had my back... I was actually sitting on the floor with my back to the door because the bedroom door has a crappy lock. Mm -hmm. and um, But because of that position, I could actually hear her talking to someone on the phone... Um, and I heard the words, our secrets out, and I just lost the plot, and I literally frog-marched her the fuck out of the flat. Wow. Um, and, yeah, and then 15 minutes later, I was 40. 
and it, it's um yeah that wasn't it, it wasn't a good birthday but actually no. um that whole experience just to just to to end the story on a positive note um i actually had a holiday booked um and we'd we'd booked it paid for it um before we split up and i'd done the online check-in and everything but that mm -hmm. meant i couldn't change it i had two options not go, go, or, go. or go on my own <laughs> um and i agonized about it for a good month and a half. Oh, I thought you were um, going to say 20 minutes. But. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it was it was literally a month and a half of driving right. my friends and family crazy about not knowing what I should do. and should not I go just, should I stay now? <laughs> to be honest, just being ter terrified of going on my own. Yeah. Um, And in the end, I, I bit the bullet and I just went. And getting there, because this was my first trip to, to Dahab in Egypt, which is yeah. one of my my spiritual homes and it was also the holiday where i first learned scuba diving as well right. um and after that particular holiday um huge amount i made a, so many changes in my life that i couldn't even go into it because we'd be talking for an hour yeah um but well, it was the start i mean when when they say life life starts at 40 it really does well it yeah. did for me anyway yeah so yeah big 5-0 <sighs> on uh sunday i'm seeing my family which is really nice because my mum lives in holland and i see my mum once maybe twice a year if i'm lucky mm -hmm. and i didn't see her for at all for about two and a half years nearly three years yeah um during the lockdowns and all of that nonsense um because of not being able to fly because of not being jabbed and they're not yeah. jabbed and we had um we had restrictions imposed on us even though they're now trying to claim that Anyway, let's not go there. Yes, but all, yeah, so I don't was, see my my family was, that often, and it was, it was all voluntary. Um, voluntary. Oh yeah, no, it was yeah, all yeah. yeah we all it was all voluntary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no question. So yeah, I'm I'm seeing my whole family, and cool. it's I think the last time we were all together was six years ago, probably. Cool. So it's going to be good. Right. Um, well, thank you very much. Spencer's asking what happened to it after it was photographed. I assume you mean the monster? I don't actually know. Ed, do you know what happened to the monster? I don't. It's. I think it was carted off. Um, to a secret government establishment. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, uh, it, it's one of those things that it just disappeared. Okay. Um, so, um, question for the audience before you slope off, people. Um, we also have to decide on the next rabbit hole. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. That's true. We've got the next rabbit hole to decide. Um, question for the audience. Um, are you guys interested in me doing any kind of deep dives into things like I did with the Antarctica thing on my own? Because um, I've, been, I've been watching some really mental stuff. <laughs> And I feel the need to ask people about it because to me it just seems like really off the wall. But um, but it's always good to have these kind of little chats with people, even though we we don't have the actual chat. Julie says sounds good. Militant says yes. So that, that well, speaking good. for myself, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, and you it? also mentioned uh, when we were talking over the weekend, you, uh -huh. you talked about doing some sort of phone in. Yeah. 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 So why not why not combine the two yeah, ideas? We could do we could do a phone in as well. Yeah. 
And, and I mean, and I don't, to be honest, I don't, I don't mind backing you up as well if you want. I mean, cool. it'd be quite nice to, to, to cool. come on and, I mean, obviously, depending on when we do it, I can't mm-hmm. necessarily do every, every if it's, if you're yeah. thinking Thursdays. Yeah. You're thinking Thursdays? Uh, prob- possibly. There's a little link for you people. Let's um, Ed put that on the Philadelphia experiment, the truth about invisibility, teleportation, and other things. But yeah, um, yeah, I think Thursdays or, or Tuesdays probably would be the days because yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday I can't do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but that. I mean, it doesn't stop you from doing it. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, that's cool. That's cool. But that would be quite good. We could do a little um, impromptu because you, if you're not having to research it, then you could play my part. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I don't mind doing that at all. That, that works for me. So we can um, actually probably do a weekly, and then we've got almost got, we've got, you know, we'll just drive this channel through the roof. <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm up for that. We can certainly see how it goes. I'm not, I can't guarantee I'll do, I can do every Thursday, but yeah, no, I no, certainly no, join, no, join for, for some of them, and I, I do the first few of them with you. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, right. Um, so, and we were talking about doing a, a phone in, and because I can give people actual real British numbers that you can phone that isn't my mobile, so you can actually call us and we can um, take calls and answer them. So there you go. I think it's the, a nice format because not 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 a huge number of the podcasters kind of do that, and we have we have yeah. Twitter Spaces, but. I, I don't know. The the idea of a phone in radio program is kind of cool. Yeah, it's a bit like um, we're we're back to coast to coast with Art Bell and things like that. We're back in the nineties or the eighties. You could do Lock to Haggis with John. <laughs> lock to Haggis. Um, or lock. Uh, what is it? Lock lock scotch and two two smoking, smoking barrels. <laughs> Lock stock, ah. and, yeah. Lock, yeah. St- lock stock and two smoking uh, salmon. Lock, lock <laughs> scotch and two smoking kippers. <laughs> lock you scotch and two smoked sh- kippers. That sounds well, good. That great good. You've got a name for your show now. Yeah, lock, <laughs> lock stocked. Lock scotch and two smoked kipples. Yeah, that, oh, that could work. That could work. Right. Okay. Cool. Right. Excellent. Um, that's us then. Thank you very much. Um, I will play the. Uh, I will play the new, the slightly recut uh, outro, and um, you'll see there are slightly different scenes in there. And that's us. But um, thank you very much, Ed. It's been great. It's been awesome. Thank you, John. (laughs) Cause I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah, I'ma do shit my way. So you can go kick rocks, I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make. Yo, I got a lot of shit to say, so I'ma do this every day. I'll be writing things until I'm fucking buried in my grave. Six feet deep, wonder, but my body won't decay. Cause my messages are kind of so they'll put them on display. Oh yeah, I rap with a certainty. I have a sense of urgency, a message for eternity for everyone internally. I had some people burning me, but now they fucking learn to see. I ain't the one to fuck with, now they looking nervously. And I don't really care what you think of me respectfully. You can kick rocks if you think you're fucking better, see. I will outwork you, turn you to an enemy. Hurt you so bad that you're gonna need some therapy. I got the motherfucking recipe, I've been cooking up here.
shit clocks, I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make Cause I don't give a fuck what you say, yeah I'ma do shit my way So you can go kick clocks, I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make Yeah I'ma do it my way Kick rocks, I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to